McFadden, and I'm listening to the Canned Air Podcast. everyone and welcome to another episode of Canned Air, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Collins. And I'm Jack Doherty. And joining us today, a lot of special guests today in the studio, don't we? The first of which has been on the show before. Back in, uh, I don't remember what episode number that was, 336, 335, something that was called When Worlds Collide. I had all my uh, friends on mm-hmm. the show. And one of said friends is here, Mr. David Phelps. Thank you for being here with us, David. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was in uh, March, right before the start of the pandemic. Oh, was wow. Was. was it really? Was it really? Yeah, it was like the weekend before everything Everything, all down. the shit hit the yep. fan. Yep. Yeah. That's why it happened. Yep. <laughs> Good going, guys. We caused a disturbance in the force. <laughs> the routine went off kilter yeah. too far. Yeah. No, it's it's crazy how uh, quickly time flies. Because that's if that's the case, that's been a year ago, right? At least, yeah, or close yeah. to, if not. Yeah, Damn. Fourteen months ago, yeah, I'd say yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, it's like a whole year basically didn't happen for everybody. Yeah, pretty much. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, thank you for being here with us. Yes. Glad sir. to have you back, and uh, back for a good reason. We've got a good show for you lined up today, as you can see by the cover art. Gates McFadden herself is back on the show to talk with us about her show. Gates McFadden investigates Who Do You Think You Are, which we talked about before with her back in episode 363. You might want to check that one out before you listen to this one, because I think this interview is kind of like a tack on to that one, really. A lot of things that didn't get asked the first time around uh, get asked here. And it's the same with the show, not just Star Trek. You know what I mean? But uh, we're really excited to have her back on the show, so we'll be talking with her a little bit later. And before we talk with Gates, we're going to be welcoming uh, Brian Volk-Weiss back to the show. You might remember as the CEO of the Nacelle Company and Nacelle Cast Studios, man responsible for the toys that made us and movies that made us on Netflix. I mean, mm-hmm. those in themselves. You know what, the Christmas movies that made us? They're the same thing, but yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I thought they were two different series too. Because last time I talked to Brian, I asked him, I was like, "So you got a whole new series?" I was like, no, <laughs> we just renamed it. Movies. Yeah, just when my holidays ah. came around, they just renamed it, pretty much. But uh, we're going to be talking with Brian, you know, just about how this whole project came together. And uh, his podcasting studios, some other stuff in the cell company has going on. And then again, welcoming Gates McFadden after that to uh, have an amazing conversation. But before we do any of that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what you're hearing, want to show some support, make it uh, a little bit more, I shouldn't say worth our while. This is totally worth our while to be sitting here talking with uh, Gates McFadden. So what am I talking about? But if you want to support our efforts, our grassroots efforts over here, uh, head to our website, candarepodcast.com. Hit the Patreon button. And for $5 a month, you can get access to our Candare Patreon pod. And for a little more every month, you get access to other shows. We have the uh, Comic Vault, which is on there now. The Canned Classics, our first 24 yep. episodes that have been pulled for years are now trickling out on there, as well as some other uh, secret projects I don't want to say yet, but because they're pretty damn good. Pretty damn tasty. And if you hang out for a while, you can get some official Canned Air merch sent to you. Oh, yeah. Did you see our first patron yep. is yeah, getting his merch? Yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's a sticker. Yeah. So it's, it's not the most exciting thing, but I think his next 
reward will be what was it like a tote bag or I think so, yeah. or was it the gator thing the the, fa- the, the candare face yeah. mask thing I don't remember I'll have to see I can't remember what the rewards are but congrats to him and thanks to him and all the other patrons mm-hmm. for uh, sticking around and uh, you know supporting our ventures here what am I forgetting Jack anything also we are on the evergreen podcast network so head on over there and listen to some other shows mm-hmm. listen to ours first <laughs> I like that order the best, personally. Yes, uh, and that's evergreenpodcast.com, and you can find them on Instagram at Stream Evergreen. And again, your boys are there. If, if right. I mean, if we're there, then you might like some of the other stuff. I mean, if you're listening mm-hmm. to us, probably you're probably going to like the other content, I right? Think so. yeah. Boy, that that fucking fumbled out of my mouth, but there it was. <laughs> all right, with all that behind us, let's just get right to this juicy episode with our first interview. Uh, with Mr. Brian Volkweiss, the CEO of the Nacelle Company. Engage. Brian, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us tonight. I always love welcoming you back to the show, man. Thank you. It's good to be back. So how have you been? It's been a little while since we talked. Things have been crazy. Not that they've gotten any less crazy, but how are you? How's the family? Is everyone vaccinated and doing well? Uh, we uh, well, my wife and I are. Uh, our children are not. But I mean, we we had uh, you know, a, a, uh, people are dying and you know, very sick. And yeah. I feel bad saying this, but the truth is, you know, we had an okay 2020. You know, none sure. of our shows got canceled. Um, we had a couple things get delayed, but not by that much. Nothing. You know, it, it it was all right. We didn't have to lay off anybody. It was it was interesting more than anything else. To say the least, man. What a year. Well, we're here to talk about uh, Gates McFadden uh, Investigates. Who do you think you are? The new podcast that's uh, going to be your premier podcast from the Cellcast Studios. It's it's going to be an awesome show from what it sounds like. I haven't downloaded it yet to listen, but I've, I have heard some clips and it's uh, Gates talking with her uh, Star Trek cast members like LeVar Burton, Will Wheaton, uh, Brent Spiner, Denise Crosby, just to name a few. But uh, when last we spoke with you and Gates, you know, this idea had kind of just come to the surface. It was just like, okay, we're going to do this. But I don't think you guys, uh, I mean, I think you had an idea of what you wanted to do, but weren't sure exactly how you were going to attack it. And I'm just curious now here on the other side of the production of some of these episodes, uh, how you would uh, describe the show. Basically, through a, a series of very random events, I got to know Gates. And as we were in the process of launching our podcast business, it just made sense to be like, hey, you want to do a podcast? And luckily for me, she said yes. And that's really how it happened. And I, you know, I used to be a manager. I managed uh, for about 12 years, primarily comedians. And one of the things that I learned from that experience was to just trust talent, you know? Sure. And so I basically, you know, Gates was like, well, what kind of show do you want me to do? And I was like, I, I want you to do whatever show you want to do. Just being honest, like that was kind of the end of my creative involvement. You know, she said, I want to do a show where I am talking to my friends who are a part of Star Trek. But, you know, I don't really want it to be about Star Trek. And right. I, for what it's worth, I really like the idea because, you know, I go to before COVID, you know, I used to go to conventions all the time and I stopped going to panels like almost 15 years ago, if not more. And the reason I stopped going to panels was 
the people that I would go to see anytime I would see anybody more than once, they were kind of always either telling the same stories right. or during the Q and a, they always got asked the same questions. Right. So when Gates said she wanted to talk about anything but Star Trek, I was like, great. That sounds perfect to me. But I got to be honest with you, a lot of the people that she interviewed did talk about Star Trek. Really? So it, in my opinion, if I could do a really cheesy uh, Star Trek pun, uh, it was the best of both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy that pun. Thank you for that. But I totally uh, understand. Part, part one, part one, not part two. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, though, uh, especially about the cons. And I was going to ask you about uh, something you had said. Uh, you were quoted on TrekMovie.com just saying that you had learned more uh, from these uh, few shows than doing the last hundred conventions. And I just have to I, I guess that's what you were just uh, emphasizing right there. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Because yeah. it's like. I, I've seen I've seen Jonathan Frakes at a couple conventions, and you know, again, it's it, they're very similar stories, primarily because the Q and A, at least forty percent of the questions are usually the same. So, you know, he tells some very powerful personal stories, and since listening to his episode, I've seen a couple Next Gen episodes, and I look at him differently because of Gates's podcast. That's so incredible. if there's anything that I would be like, hey, this is why you should listen, it's that. People you may have thought you've known for 40 years, maybe you don't. Well, I mean, it's 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 them pulling back the veil a little bit further than what anyone is used to. Like you said, you know, all the same questions being asked, typically a lot of the same stories being told. And it sounds like a lot of what we're going to be hearing uh, are not those stories. So, no, I get it. I, it's a lot of stuff that people probably have not heard before. That's yeah, I, I believe at least 90 percent of it will be that. That is great intrigue. I, I cannot wait to download and listen. Now, I think you already kind of answered this earlier. You said that your creativeness ended when she kind of said, yes, you'd like to leave the creative process to them. But I wanted to know uh, if you were able to be present for any of the recordings of these episodes. Uh, unfortunately, due to COVID, no, I was not. Oh, we that uh, makes sense. Yeah. We had Gates and the host in our new studio. We just built a studio from scratch. So she, and actually she did a couple of them completely remotely where she was in her house and the uh, the the guest was also in their house separately. Um, but as COVID started lessening and people were getting vaccinated, uh, our company still has a lot of rules. So like we had Gates and the host and the guest in our studio, uh, but even our sound uh, designer uh, recordist was in a completely separate room with the door closed. So. Um, so yeah, uh, 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 I was not there, which very depressing and ironic. <laughs> but it happened in your studio, so that's got to be uh, a little uh, awesome in itself, right? Hell yeah, it was. <laughs> this might be a little bit of a self-serving question here, but um, as a podcaster, I am just always so blown away by the concept of, uh, you know, official podcast studios. There aren't a whole lot of them out there, but at the same time, they are springing up more frequently. You just mentioned you guys built yours from scratch. I just, I'm kind of curious 
you know, I've been doing this going on eight years now, and it's always been in just a spare room. I'm curious, you know, what what goes into putting together that podcast studio, and uh, you know, what are you guys left with? Do you have just like one big recording room? Do you have a bunch of separate rooms to record in? There's a big room which is designed for filming, so we can film it, and it's like a really cool backdrop. Like we have a lot of vintage toys on these floating shelves. You know, we have some really cool posters, like the Japanese launch poster of Next Generation, stuff like that. Uh, and then we have two smaller rooms that are audio only uh, and are not designed for filming. So three total. Uh, and that doesn't include the sound recording room, uh, which has the ability to record three podcasts simultaneously. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> Is that one engineer well, juggling all that? Know, our, our, what's that? Is that one engineer juggling the three shows or are there three, three engineers in there? Or how's that work? It, it would be one engineer per show. Okay. That's a little less stressful. But yeah. We're, we're, we're spooling up uh, pretty aggressively. You know, when we started our stand up comedy business, you know, we just did one at a time, then two at a time, then five at a time. And then, you know, eventually ramped up to 20 to 30 a year. Sure. Uh, this, we decided to skip the, the ramp up uh, and just start, you know, from what we think will be our regular clip. So we actually started with 50 shows. So by, you know, we started, I guess, about six months ago. And hopefully by July 1st, you know, we'll have 50 shows either produced or in production. Okay. So that was going to be my next question. You know, this being uh, Gates's show being the premier podcast, uh, I was going to ask about other shows possibly coming up. If there was any uh, thing you could divulge on any, any upcoming podcasts. I can't talk about anything that hasn't been announced. Okay. Um, it just sounds like you so have a lot start. of irons in on the fire though. Yeah, I, I don't want to get in trouble with anybody, uh, as, as I tend to do. But uh, yeah, I, I, we, we really haven't announced any of the others yet. So um, so I will I will respectfully keep my mouth shut for a change. OK, <laughs> understood and uh, eagerly awaiting uh, that press release. I can't wait. Uh, OK, now another thing I really want to touch on. You know, it's been a little while since we had you on. And one thing we got we missed uh, when that press release came out was the uh, eight part docuseries coming out on History Channel, the center seat, 55 years of Star Trek. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So I am, uh, a, 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 to put it mildly, a, a, a diehard uh, <laughs> Trekkie. <laughs> and I it, it's a show that. It, my intention is, uh, and we'll see if I pull it off or not, uh, but my intention is to do the deepest dive ever into Star Trek. I mean, we're, some of our episodes, I mean, have never, ever been, like, we're, we have an entire episode dedicated to the animated series. We have an entire episode dedicated to Starships. We have an entire episode dedicated to Voyager, uh, and I know there's going to be a fantastic, I'm sure it'll be fantastic, uh, but a, a fantastic Voyager doc coming out after us. Uh, but I believe we'll have the first Voyager doc to come out, at least that I'm aware of. I, if I'm wrong, I apologize to anybody I'm not aware of. <laughs> 
This I cannot wait to see this. I, I did see uh, 50 years of Star Trek documentary, and that was fantastic. And uh, I think you spoke to us about uh, a moment on set you had with uh, Leonard Nimoy and just how incredible that was. And I, I guess you already kind of answered this question, but you you know, you said this is going to be a much, much uh, deeper dive. Is it like each uh, series going to get its own episode, I guess, is what I'm asking? Yeah, pretty much. The only exception is the star sh- starship episode, which is not about a season or a series. It's literally only about this. If I have my way, it'll just be about Federation starship. We might broaden it out to be, you know, some Klingon here and there. I, I do love the Romulan warbirds, uh, but it, it will be primarily about Federation starships, an entire episode dedicated to that, uh, which for the right person will be the greatest thing of all time. Uh, for the wrong person, I think that would be hell on earth. <laughs> Who better to produce this series, though? I mean, you you were the Trekkie of all Trekkies uh, that I know anyway. Uh, you're very kind. <laughs> I was hoping you'd take that as a compliment. Some people might be like, wait, what? Um, I did. I don't know if I deserve it or not, but I definitely took it as a podcast. Okay, well, you definitely deserve or it. As a, as a compliment. <laughs> you can take it as a podcast, too. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I had mentioned a little bit ago, you know, you had said that uh, when making 50 Years of Star Trek, you did have that amazing uh one-off with Leonard Nimoy there and I'm curious without even asking any details as to it but uh rather not you can say if you've had any kind of moments in the product like that in the production of uh the center seat first of all I don't know when you and I spoke about that but just so you know we are 99.9999999% sure that was Leonard Nimoy's last interview ever yes you had said that which we didn't uh, yeah, okay. I didn't know if we knew that or not when we spoke. I hope he doesn't mind me telling this story, but... <laughs> I'm not looking to get you in trouble, Brian, so if you don't feel comfortable, I'm just... I'm not even looking for details, but I'm just... I, I just an overall yes or no, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I'll, tell, I'll tell you the story. I, like I said, I, I don't know why he would be mad, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story. I interviewed Nicholas Myers, I guess, about a month ago, uh-huh. maybe six weeks ago. And, uh, you know, the interview went great and all, all, everything was great. And then at the end of the interview, I said to him, uh, I was like, hey, man, you know, I just have to tell you, uh, you know, I because, you know, he doesn't know who I am or anything like that. You know, why would he? Right. And, uh, you know, I said to him, I go, listen, you know, I just have to tell you, I hope you don't mind. You know, I, I built this company from scratch and it, it was really hard and I had a lot of bad days and weeks and months. I, you know, I've even had a bad year every now and then. And um, the, the only thing that got me through it, uh, you know, after a year of bad news, you know, what gets you out of bed to keep fighting? And it was your dialogue. You know, I don't believe in the no win scenario. And you know, whenever I had a day or a week or a year like that, and I didn't want to get out of bed or I wanted to move back to New York or whatever, you know, I would just think of those words. I don't believe in the no win scenario. And I literally could not have built this company without those words that you wrote. And as I'm telling him this, I, I started tearing up and then he started tearing up. And then you basically had two grown men uh, sitting, you know, 10, 15 feet apart, crying, uh, like babies. And, uh, that's cool. 
you know, the, the thing that was kind of funny was I was a little embarrassed. Uh, and I, as I walked out, I, you know, the crew was all there and uh, I was just a little embarrassed about it. And then I realized uh, almost the entire crew was tearing up and crying as well. That is so freaking amazing. When, when you when you ask that question, that that is certainly the first thing that comes to mind. That's amazing, absolutely amazing. And I wouldn't be the least. I mean, I understand why you would feel embarrassment in the moment, but um, I mean, it'd been way more embarrassing if he would have shrugged it off or something and like not put any uh, thought into it. But man, what a moment that is! How awesome! So it was pretty nuts. Another amazing moment to add to your uh, list. I can't wait to read your book someday, man. It's going to be fucking awesome. But if I ever write one, it, it will not. Uh, I. It's funny, man. The book would be cool because of the stuff I've seen, not necessarily the stuff I've done. Exactly. Uh, but but I, I have definitely been a witness to a lot of crazy shit. If you ever decide to write it, please let me know because I would love to read it. It would be interesting as hell. That's the stuff I love. I mean, the stuff you put out, I can go watch. You know, I want to, you know, it's like like the podcast with Gates, knowing all the stuff about these people that you already kind of know, at least think you did, but then learn a whole other side to them. You know what I mean? I That's our intention. And it, it fills me with a lot of joy that you feel that way. So thank you. Well, no, man, thank you, uh, you know, for taking the time to be on here with me and, uh, you know, making it possible for us to also have Gates on the show. It's always a pleasure. Uh, but I would be remiss if I let you go from this call really quick without asking you what's new in your toy collection, Brian. I, I saw on Instagram that you just got a replica of the bus from Speed. That looked pretty awesome. Anything yeah, else baby. to report? Oh, dude. Well, I mean, I think the big thing that happened since you and I spoke was I got a USS flag. Yes. Uh, that That is uh, definitely changed uh, the, the my office, to put it mildly. <laughs> I saw in the pictures it looked intrusive. <laughs> God, goddamn, seven and a half feet long. Holy shit. Um, I got a lot of cool new Batman stuff. I got some great... I got this Enterprise. Uh, I have been from... South Bend, this really weird company from Massachusetts, long since gone. Uh, I, I've been trying to get one of those enterprise. They made this really weird enterprise that was modular, where you could literally like plug the nacelles into the saucer section. Oh, wow. I mean, really fucking weird. So, uh, so yeah. So I, I, I've I've gotten quite a bit of new stuff. Uh, it's it's it's. I'm starting to worry. I I, I might actually have a problem. <laughs> Barely the same wall I've hit. Like I want to keep buying more stuff, but I have nowhere to put it. It's like something's got to go at this point for something new to come in. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I just got something today. I have no idea where I'm going to put it. None. Like none. Can you tell us what it is? Is anything we'd be interested in hearing about? It's uh, unopened, still completely wrapped. I'm going to butcher the name. I think it's called like an orthocopter. Uh, it's one of the sh- the ships from the David Lynch Dune. Okay. Um, and I have a pretty good Dune collection now. I mean, it's pretty pretty good, but yeah, I got no room for that. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm a little curious. I also just got the NASA Lego space shuttle. Uh, and I mean, fuck if I know where that's going. <laughs> thank God the thank God the 1989 Batwing. Uh, you can hang it from the wall because if you couldn't, I I, I I truly don't know where that would be right now. Sounds like there's. And a, I, uh, I have a rule: I don't buy anything and put it in storage. Everything is always on display. 
And that's a good rule. That's a damn good rule because I can't tell you how many things I would love to be uh, looking at right now that are in storage. But um, sounds like there's an addition on your house uh, coming in your near future. Or, or a new bigger one. One or the other. <laughs> There you go, man. Well, I want to thank you for sharing with me your toy collection as always. But again, thank you for coming on to talk about these amazing projects coming up. Uh, Gates McFadden investigates. Who do you think you are now available for download? And the center seat, 55 years of Star Trek. Did we have a release date on that yet, Brian? That's going to be in September, God willing, on the actual 55th anniversary day. All right. Well, keep us posted, man, so we can uh, keep our listeners informed. But thank you so much for taking time to talk with me, Brian. Thank you. And if I could do one plug, uh, our third season of A Toy Store Near You, uh, we're going to be announcing pretty soon uh, the release date for that. But it'll it'll be uh, it'll be before July. That's another good show, and I didn't mean even mean to brush over that. What about the toys and movies that made us? I know you can't say, you know, if there are any plans in the works of, as to what toys and or movies uh, you're going to be doing, but uh, are those wheels in motion? Can we be expecting new seasons from these uh, series anytime soon? Movies that made us uh, will have uh, a lot more episodes come out this year. Uh, and toys that made us, there's definitely stuff going on, but all I can say is, Stay tuned. I'm okay. sorry to be cheesy, but that's all I can say. <laughs> that's all you can say. What else can you say? Exactly. So, all right, exactly. Brian. Well, thanks so much, man. And you uh, take care of yourself. All right. Congratulations on all your success. You as well. Thank you. Pretty interesting. All right. And that was our interview with Brian Volkweiss. You can find him on Instagram and on uh, Twitter, I believe, at uh, Brian Volkweiss. And there's also the Nacelle Company has their own handle, as well as the Toys That Made Us have mm -hmm. their own as well. So lots of places to find uh, stuff that's going on with Brian. And keep in touch with us here on the show because we'll, I'm sure, eventually have the final date and may even have Brian back on the show before uh, the center seat, 55 Years of Star Trek, comes out to uh, have an actual release date on that. But, all right. Well, I think that's what about the halfway point of the episode. So we're mm -hmm. going to jump to a quick commercial break and when we come back. We'll be speaking with Gates McFadden. Make it so. <laughs> you know, a lot can happen in seven minutes. And luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato and I'm the creator of Seven Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts. And I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style. And together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes. All right, everyone. And now we're going to be cutting over to our interview with Gates McFadden to be talking again with her about Gates McFadden Investigates. Who do you think you are? Her new podcast from the Cellcast Studios, where she just is going to be talking with uh, her friends from the next generation, her cast and crew mates from the next generation, uh, Jonathan Frakes, LeVar Burton, Brent Spiner, uh, Will Wheaton, Denise Crosby, Michael Dorn, uh, Michael Dorn, John Delancey. John Delancey. Just yeah. to name a few. Yeah. And he's been confirmed to be in the new Picard season two. Oh, has he? Yeah. At the end of the trailer, you hear Q's voice. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm oh, so excited for that. man. I, I remember seeing that like when the, the Picard like came across the screen and yeah. all the letters disappeared except for Q mm -hmm. in there. Is there a Q in Picard? No, but. But they just they, made the C turn into the Q, yeah, I think. Right. Yeah. And anyway. 
I'm so excited for that character to come yeah. back. I only have a few Star Trek characters, or figures, excuse me. One of which is over here on the wall, Gates McFadden, mm-hmm. and the other two that are in the closet still in their box, John Luke Picard and Q. Nice. Those, nice. I do have a wharf, but he's from when I was a kid, and he's all beat the fuck <laughs> oh, up yeah. and not yeah. in his box anymore, so he's useless. But yeah. <laughs> never could stay in Q, but I think that's the point. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. definitely the point. But. Yeah. And just the effect he had on Picard. No, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't wait to see that dynamic now. All these years, all later. these years, yeah, it's, yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's wow. going to be cool. Lots of goodness there. But uh, again, we uh, we are so good at sidetracking here, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> but again, uh, that's Gates' show. We strongly advise you check it out. Again, Gates McFadden investigates. Who do you think you are? Available uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. So without further ado, let's just cut over to our interview with Gates McFadden. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> Gates, I want to thank you so much for being back on the show. It's such a pleasure to have you here. There were so many things I didn't get to ask the first time, and now I'm going to get to ask them. So thank you so much for being back. My pleasure. Let's do this. How have you been? I think the last time we talked to you was around Halloween and uh, pandemic in full swing. (laughs) Just before the election. Yes, it was, wasn't it? Things are a lot different now. How have you been? Well, less stressed because that was a <laughs> yeah. stressful time. Yes. Wasn't that a crazy time? I and mean, we, we are all so much more relaxed without Trump's tweets. I mean, unbelievable. Seriously. <laughs> to know that our country is not actually just being run on Twitter. I mean, it's 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 a great relief. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was insane. How- totally insane, right? It yeah. Was. Yeah, but, and but it's were, it's good to see all that finally leave the. I mean, it's not totally left the media, no. but my God, it's not like up to the volume it was then. So, yeah. no, but of course, it has definitely not left the country. Sadly, so we have, uh, you know, we we have a real split still in this country, which is a serious problem. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Probably will be for a while. Won't yes. it? Let's all get depressed again. Let's just. Yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Well, again, it's awesome to have you back here. There's a lot to talk about today. Uh, First and foremost being uh, your show, Gates McFadden Investigates. Who do you think you are? Who do uh, you think you are? I know it's more, it definitely has a bit of a bite on that. Who do you think you are? I like Uh, that though. She's just going (laughs) to grill people. That's all it sounds like. No, no. Well, I'm really excited to dig into that here in just a little bit. But before we do, there are, again, a few things that we didn't get to ask last time around when we had you on that I'm uh, very grateful to have the opportunity to ask now. First of which was that when we had you on, you had said you had declined the role of Dr. Beverly Crusher twice before you accepted it and then uh, were let go and then got the role back. And I heard you say, and I think it was an interview that uh, Patrick Stewart had reached out to you and kind of talked to you. And I just know the kind of person I am. If I had been on the fence, you know, been asked twice, declined it twice, said yes, and then, you know, went through all the stuff you went through, I'd have been like, man, are they seriously asking me this again? Was it Patrick that actually kind of talked you back into coming to the show? And if so, like, are you able to share with us anything he may have said to you? Well, you know, it was it was Patrick who called me. and if if that hadn't happened, I probably would not have come back. But, um, you know, he said it hasn't been the same. I would really, would you even consider coming back because I would love it and it would be great. I don't remember his exact words. Sure. But uh, then I got a call from the producer. I think it was Rick Berman. 
the thing was, is I was told it was because I asked, I said to my agent, I want it to be the same role, you know, the love interest of Picard, the she's a commander, a high ranking commander, uh, mother of Wesley, blah, blah, blah. And what happened was, and see, this is the kind of thing that I was, I didn't know enough about the television industry to understand this, but they have to prep scripts so far in advance and there are people sending scripts. So when I returned on third season, they were Pulaski scripts, really. They were not crusher character. There might be one, there was maybe one that was, that someone had sent in and that was a new writer had put that in. But they were kind of fitting Crusher into, I think, Pulaski scripts for the the beginning thing. So it took quite a while for for the character to come back. And had I realized it was going to take that long, I don't know what I would have done. Right. But mm. it, it's silly to waste time saying, well, if I'd known, I wouldn't have. Because in the end, it finally did come back to, by the sixth and seventh season, I think the, the character was very strong again. And there had been some episodes that I particularly loved that were in the fourth and fifth season. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I also had been pregnant so I was out of a lot of episodes because they didn't want to use it, which I really thought was a shame because I thought it would have been awesome that she never tells who the father is. Yeah. <laughs> right? They yeah. made you wear that large laboratory coat. Well, it, it kept time. getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I, I gave birth to, he was nine and a half pounds and 20, almost 22 inches. I, he was, he's a big boy. He's 6'3 now. Okay. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, that's just what happens. And there's so many things that I didn't understand about just television production. And and I think the thing that even when I did Labyrinth, I was very much a neophyte because I had not ever worked on such a high budget production. And, you know, if you're one minute late on something, you're it's costing you. Right. And mm-hmm. that's quite different from... You know, in theater, yes, that can cost you as well, but you have usually eight weeks of rehearsal and you can figure things out. Techs are always a nightmare, but you can always figure things out up to then. There's one thing that's been, I've always wondered about. There's an interview with Kate Mulgrew and she said during Voyager and Next Generation that you guys recorded or filmed right across the street from each other pretty much in different studios. And Kate said that they were always really professional and in their filming and they would always hear you guys across the way hooting and hollering like you were having a big party cutting up and stuff is that is that really true well voyager didn't start until i was in hawaii doing um marker right i mean that was the upn network that was their first thing mm-hmm. so we had stopped we were doing movies so yes we were hooting and hollering probably if we were doing something on the set we were a very tight group. We still are. You know, we have a group text since the pandemic started. Um, <laughs> and I, I think in many ways, I feel I've become closer than ever because of just either our age or the fact that we've, ever since the 25th anniversary of Next Gen, when we were all in Calgary, which was this phenomenal get together. People had been working in different areas and living in different places. So we, it, it was, while we would still be in touch, we wouldn't be in touch as a group as much, you know, like you'd see right. Brent or you'd see Michael Dorn or we have lunch here, but it, it was different. And we'd have Christmas parties. We always did that. But now it's, it's like sort of, it's great. We sort of are in our daily lives um, and that's lovely, but we always have been a naughty, 
a naughty, wonderful <laughs> cast. And we're like a family, you know? We fight, we make up, we laugh, we whatever. But I think we're very loyal to each other because they are incredible people. And I've, I've found that even by doing the podcast, you know, talking to your friends, it's not like you're having a drink sitting on the balcony, uh, you know, of your house, but it's, it still is quite different from doing an interview of somebody who I don't know that well, but I'm, I'm asking questions. Right. We, we know yeah. each other too well, you know, and <laughs> so it's great. And it was really a learning, fun experience. Um, and I, my favorite things are always the unexpected things. And I loved sort of like with Will, it just turned into a double episode because there were so many things. I couldn't, I tried to cut it down. I just couldn't. We played games. We played uh, Never Have I Ever. <laughs> and yeah, it gets real. And then we play, I did, we asked, um, you know, ethical questions and we talked about it. We got, it gets very personal and uh, maybe too personal. We'll find out. I'm sure fans will be shocked. <laughs> Not so much by what they find out about Will Wheaton, but they might be a little shocked about what they find out about me. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it, really. So we'll see. You know, I decided to just be authentic. Let's just do it. See what happens. Um, right. If you don't try, you'll never know. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and like something came up with Brent where it's like we've talked about all sorts of things. And then I have one remark that happens. And then he goes, well, I don't quite remember it that way. And I'm like, what? And we start talking and it becomes one of the biggest belly laughs I've had in ages. So, you know, you kind of rediscover moments in your life with each other. And sure. it was it was a great thing. I'm absolutely excited to hear this show. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you guys, that whole cast of The Next Generation is really notorious for the relationship you guys share behind the scenes. And I can't, I'm really hard pressed to think of another show or cast or anything that's really as tight knit as you guys. But uh, I was talking with Brian uh, Volk Weiss and he was telling about the episodes he'd listened to. And he goes, I've learned more about these people in these few episodes and I've learned uh, going to a hundred different conventions, you know, just how, you know, behind the veil kind of it is uh, that, you know, this is information not many people have heard. Well, you know, I think also it's interesting people like Jonathan say, yeah, I haven't thought of that for years or something. Now mm. he's probably telling every podcaster he knows, but, <laughs> but what it, that's what's the rich part of this. And they are really amazing people. And so I'm curious always about their stories. Some of them I asked questions I already knew the answers to, and I sort of felt maybe others didn't. So I think I've been finding who I am in these. It's it's trying to figure out what is the format? Who am I really in this? And as I've said to everybody who's interviewed me, like yourselves, it's been unbearable having to listen to myself. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, I, I'm like, oh, but I think, you know, you nervously as a host are always trying to keep the ball rolling. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I keep saying, Gates, they can splice it together. Just relax. You know, it's just okay to have silence. But I'm learning and I've got 14 in the can. So, uh, you know, we'll see. And I'm excited about interviewing other people and we'll see what happens. I hope people like it, but it, you know. I have no idea if they will or not, <laughs> but I'm I love sure Martin. they absolutely will. Well, I don't know, but I loved that. You know, it was so cool. I want to say something about Brian because he's really a surprise to me at mm -hmm. this time in my life. And he absolutely 
I love the way we talk to each other. You know, it's like so simple. It's like there's no bureaucratic BS. It's just right. straight talking and he's funny and charming and he's, he's just a great guy. He's a great guy. And I'm like, yeah. where was this CEO in my life? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but um, I mean, what a fluke that, you know, I keep, I didn't trust it. I'm like, Brian, why are you calling me? Why are you? And he's like, no, I want you. you know? yeah. It's like, and it was really cool, you know? So I've, I've been, uh, and I love all the people who I've met at Nacelle. They're really, really terrific people. I they are. Learned, learned how to do my own sound editing. I've, I edit the episodes, but I have this fellow, Tom, Thomas Cassetta, who's just a dreamboat, love him. And, you know, then he finesses all the, edits I've done and he makes it sound, you know, as good as it can be. Sometimes we had problems uh, because of a Wi-Fi delay and stuff because. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the ones that were in a studio were a lot uh, cleaner, you know. Sure. I was uh, just asking him about that studio. I'm so anxious. I would love to see the inside of that place because it sounds so uh, glamorous. He said you did get to uh, record a few of the episodes in there, but mostly they were done kind of like what we're doing here just because of the pandemic. Right. Exactly. Uh, Another thing uh, that Brian, I'm sorry, guys, did you have anything to throw in quick? I just I get excited and I keep going. Um, (laughs) Another thing, though, that I had talked with Brian about uh, was the center seat. 55 years of Star Trek, which is a uh, eight part uh, documentary. It's going to be on the History Channel uh, sometime in September, the way he was talking. And um, on one of the press releases, I see that you have an executive producer credit on that. And I'm just very curious because the way Brian uh, talked about it, it's going to be like each episode dedicated to like uh, the different series uh, going even as far as like phase two in the animated series. So as far as your uh, executive producing, was it just on the next generation episode or are you helping produce this whole thing? I'm, I'm, you know, involved in all of the whole thing and I get to use, I mean, it's been great. I can help with, with contacts. I can help with, uh, looking at something. And I had worked with something, uh, for nacelle before where I gave some, um, feedback, you know, and it was appreciated. And so that's how Brian knew about this. And also I was an art, I've been artistic director and directed a lot of theater. And mm-hmm. so I think it's actually something that I'm, I'm good at. I actually have a very good eye for editing uh, or you know, making something, what about reversing that order or something like that? So I'm excited to now start really looking at the rough cuts and uh, just giving feedback. It's not that they'll listen, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> <Yeah>. But, <laughs> but again, I'm really impressed with how Brian has really let me in and given me control. It's something that really never happened to me in my career. Well, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, I had that at the Henson Company. I mean, I would just, you know, okay. Great. Here's the here's the stage that's going to be the ballroom. Go for it. Or here's the right. dream child thing, or whatever. But it's it's wonderful when you feel that somebody is respects you enough that they're just going to trust that you are going to be an asset yeah. on something. Yeah, so, creative control is there's something to be said for it. it goes a long there, way, doesn't it? Well, there is. I mean, you make your own mistakes. Uh, mm. And again, I I knew that going into this, that's why I was hesitant. I thought it's not like I had a vision. Uh, to do a podcast and podcasts that I myself always listen to are the more investigative reporting thing where there's a a long buildup. Someone's been prepping for two years on this story, you know, 
and that I have no skills to do. So I, I've learned a lot. I hope that people enjoy it as much as I did. And, um, We'll see what happens, you know, but it's great to try something. Even if it fails, it's great to try. It's better than, you know, just staying at home during the pandemic and. Yeah, not doing sure. it anyway. Not right? doing it. Yeah. And then just wondering, what if I had tried, right? you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm really yeah. looking forward to hearing this. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I am too, man. Yeah. It sounds awesome. But I uh, say you probably learned a lot more since last time we talked to you because you weren't too sure. I mean, what the podcast was going to be about now you're editing and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I had to make certain decisions. And I think I, I wasn't super clear on, you know, where to go. And, and it's just now I have, I do, I do my research just like you guys must do. I mean, I mm -hmm. just go back and look at everything that they've done. And done. But it's really meant to be about talking about who they are in their lives and stuff. And so I find that interesting. It's just, I'm trying to be authentic. Uh, I am personally an introvert. So even when I'm doing this, there's always sort of this element of, okay, come on. Get the yep. <laughs> and there's that performer side, you know, that side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's better than just being, you know, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Inactive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, there was something else I wanted to ask you about. I had seen you say, I believe it was at a panel at a convention a few years back, that uh, over the years you have been uh, selling your Star Trek memorabilia to uh, fund your non excuse me, nonprofit artistic ventures. And you said uh, you like to do things to get people to think, move forward, and push the envelope. And I'm just very curious as to what those ventures are. What kind of things are you referring to when you say that? Well, I think the original, I mean, it was like the first group of stuff I sold was like $100,000 and I put it into building a theater at, at Water Village and in Los Angeles. And it's a, now a four theater space. I built it as a uh, three theater space because it's very difficult here. You have to work with equity and they only allowed you 100 seats in a house. So it's hard to make money doing theater. Right. And again, it was very much like the podcast. I plunged in. I had never built a theater. I had never been artistic director of a company. And it was a company that was existing, and I was a member of it. it there's a company, there's a branch in New York and a branch in L.A., Ensemble Studio Theater. So I felt I wanted to, to do new plays, new work, and I wanted to right. deal with subjects that I thought were really interesting and not just do um, family drama things, which I thought there's a lot of that already that we see, but deal with things that are, are issues about racism, about homophobic subjects, people, and just sort of really try to crack it open and get people to think and be more right. tolerant. And look, and one of my favorite plays was a play really about um, the way we as a culture don't take care of our children. And it was done through, it was kind of this fantastical thing um, with a lot of comedy. Denise Crosby actually played the lead and oh, wow. uh, she was wonderful in it. And I had a lot of, um, I had worked with a an animator from uh, Portland who was brilliant. And we did it as if it was a child drawing some stuff and it was about being pushed to perform. And the lead character was Jean Benet Ramsey, and it wasn't just a direct thing of her life, but there were parts of it that were in there. And and then I had a lot of film, and I and it was one of these things that was kind of magical. I'm I'm really proud of that production. I wish that we, if I had had more money, I would have definitely 
it, it could have run for a long time and I would have taken it to New York because I, we had this little car that I had mm -hmm. found, like you literally could get in it and drive, but it looked like a cartoon. And <laughs> like a clown car. Yeah. And we used it and we had this long, I, I changed the whole space of this, this theater. So you would see these two headlights coming right at you and you had no idea what it was. You know, is that a train? Is that a car? You know, it's things like that. Right. And it, it was just, it was a little edgier. You know, there, there were spaces that you would see one space be used as something and then you turn your head. But when you looked back, there'd be this, all these people that would have changed it miraculously. And it, it's now an autopsy room. And, and you're looking through glass and wow. you're like, how did that happen? And then meanwhile, 45 minutes into the play, the lead character climbs up this ladder and there's this little platform that no one ever noticed. And she lifts off this cover and there is her grandfather on a rocking chair. And it kind of was this co commentary of how we just put our old people, you know, just put oh, a cover wow. over them. And that's the kind of thing, you know, edgier. Like you don't have to understand everything the second it's happening, but you mm -hmm. think about it a lot. And it also, as I said, was funny as well as, you know, and nothing bad actually happens. It's more in your mind what sure. you think might happen. Man, uh, a lot that of, sounds awesome. Yeah, that really makes you think things like that. And that's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. It's better when it has more of an impact like that instead of just watching it and being like, oh, okay. But then walking cool away story, and then yeah. I think after. Like a few days later, thinking about something that happened and having like a, like a, that moment, like, oh, mm -hmm. maybe, you know. Mm -hmm. There well, it also was about how we are voyeurs, and I think we are in this society. There's so much out there in YouTube or whatever, we, and you just get caught up in it. Like, oh, let's look at what's happening to Britney Spears. Let's look at this, what's happening. We can criticize it, but we're part of it. And I think that's one of the things that I really have always tried to do is have the audience, not in a way that's heavy or something, but just you are participating. You know, you're, whether we have something going back and forth right here. It's not just one person. And I think that's really something, um, sometimes we forget, we get so into our phones and our world, oh, that yeah. we, you know, yep. and we forget how to just look at somebody and be sincere and be truthful. Yeah. And it's crazy how like social media, just phone culture in general has, you know, really damaged uh, that part of our culture, I guess. You know what I mean? Because yeah. It's complex. There's good yeah. things and bad things. And that's what we see is that so many things it's, we have to hold contradiction and right. so many people don't want to do it. They want to say either that's bad and that's good, but there's, there's always going to be contradiction and we mm -hmm. always have to search for how to, how can we hold both of those things and yeah. figure out how to live. It's always funny. You go to a restaurant and you see a table full of people and they're not talking to one another. They're yeah. all, yeah. they're all looking at their phone. Yeah. 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 And, I was listening to a podcast where someone said his, you know, his daughter won't keep her face out of her phone. Yeah. And the friends she's always texting when she has them finally over, then her and those friends are sitting texting other people. It's just, right. it's just what you do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and it's interesting because even when I went to my very first conventions, I remember, and this is a long time ago. And that was the more the fans of the first show who were showing up at that point. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people just could barely have eye contact with you. Because if you remember back in the day, computers were like black rooms with all these big machinery. Yeah. And a lot of these yeah. people were nerds and they were in these rooms and they weren't used to just looking at someone's face and their yeah. eyes. Mm -hmm. And when you realize how that's happened with dating and the texting and all of the BS that goes, don't respond too fast or wait a couple of days or, 
There's yeah. too many rules there and <laughs> and people just need to be spontaneous, but it's hard because, you know, there's so many things that kind of isolate us from just being present. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It sets such a, uh, a crazy level of unnecessary expectations. Like you said, should I respond now? Should yeah. I wait a few days? You know, just unnecessary anxiety. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like we already have enough anxiety. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we don't need any more. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, so uh, I need to backtrack to the top of that question right there. You know, you said you'd had, you'd sold off all the Star Trek memorabilia to make these uh, things happen. Was there any of the memorabilia that you couldn't part with? Was there like an item that like, I've got to keep this? Well, there's a couple of things. And what was really funny is I was going, I'm keeping it for my son. He's, he's almost 30. And so I would walk up and I say, I kept this for you because I thought maybe, oh, I don't care. That's fine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? oh, so I started to realize it was my own narcissism about like, oh, I want this to be so important to him. But he's like, yep. uh, but you see, here's, this is a perfect example. I never had a television. I was mocked by the cast members because I didn't even own a TV. I did oh. not watch stations. We, we would watch videos on a screen and he never watched his first video was when he was age three, three and a half, actually. That was the first time because I didn't want him to just be inundated with screens and stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, and I never showed him the show. So it wasn't until he was much older, like college age, maybe that he started to ever see a show in this. And, and, but he had gone to the filming, he was in my trailer. So he knew uncle Brent and he knew the uncle Brent, like had that gold stuff, but then he also knew Uncle Brent without it. The mm -hmm. one who took him the longest was Michael Dorn because oh, he was he was fine with Worf. <laughs> but you know what? I was the same way too. I first knew Worf. And then I'll never forget, I'm talking to Michael Westmore uh, one day and this gorgeous black man comes up to the door, you know, he's talking to me and kind of like, he's acting like he knows me. And I'm like, well, okay. And then I said, who is that? And he said, that's Worf. And I said, what? You know, because he doesn't look anything like. Right. Him, right. Yeah. Right. And at that time, I was still commuting, doing the play down in San Diego. So I wasn't around as much that very first couple of months we filmed. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And so he took him a little longer. But I have pictures with everyone in our cast. You know, when uh, when Jack was born, I remember um, Jonathan came in once and read him a story in my trailer. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, so he grew up there and it's this is something I've really thought about. So I, you think you want to share all these cool things that are happening on the set. Like when we did the first movie that we crashed and uh, what's the movie where the ship crashes? Is that first contact? Maybe it's first contact. Um, it, um, oh boy. I can't remember. That or generations. Generations. Generation. It is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So my son's three. You can tell how much I watch these movies. Though. Right. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. This is right. just between us four, okay? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> I take him in because the ship, they've got the fires, pretend stuff happening. And I take him in. I said, there's a pretend crash and they're doing this and everything. And he had grown up on the sets. He learned how to walk on the bridge. Mm -hmm. Like when uh -huh. they would be filming somewhere else, we would just practice walking on the bridge. And he comes in and he bursts into tears. Oh, wow. Because it was his home that was being burned. Yeah. Oh, and I, it oh, didn't even oh. occur to me. And I was like, oh, God, what a bad mom. So I said, oh, I'm so sorry. No, this is all pretend. And, and you know, tried to dig myself out of that one. But that 
that was always a lesson, having someone who was in that magical stage of life where you look yeah, at everything. Right. And, and then it, in first contact, they had a new enterprise. That's right. That's and right. he had to probably get adjusted to <laughs> so that. So this is new home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I didn't have a big, you know, I wasn't on set that much that that, that became a deal. But it's interesting how when you, we were talking about social media, that's why I was talking about the TV and everything. It does make a difference. Like I would have friends of his would come over and my son could sit for 45 minutes and play the same game. And not the, there's so many friends of his who are like, you know, five minutes on this, then they want, what's the next thing? And, you know, what's the next yeah. thing? Yeah. I do think it might do something to our ability to stay Definitely. focused yeah 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 we have to make sure our kids take time to go outside and play and do real things because yeah if they would just sit and look at a screen all day yeah if they could the constant it, flow yeah constant yeah and flow. You, you really have to stay on top of that Bottomless especially, especially flow, now yeah. i mean it's even worse than when we were kids oh so, yeah yeah so I mean, much more you know the movie wally was so um they predicted the whole thing and it's so true isn't it it? Mm -hmm. and then when you think about our environment i mean that was such they were so ahead of on the curve there's Mm -hmm. the plant the live green plant you know i I mean we really need to step it up and protect our environment i mean if it's it's really really crucial it is the whole by and large corporation that it just being one big thing yeah. running everything and uh, yeah the most disturbing thing about that movie was the, the humanity laying in the chairs just kind of floating I around yeah. i was like oh my god please don't even get up us. and move around yeah. <laughs> no they were they were probably fused to the chairs yeah. i'm sure but but you know i've been guilty of binging you know during this mm-hmm. pandemic i sure. you know when you go god is there anything else to watch on netflix or where you know, you're yeah. like, i, I binge you- the next generation actually <laughs> well you know there you go and that's yeah. a long binge isn't it yeah. yes it is it, it took about a year I, I didn't watch like several episodes a day or anything but i'd unwind at night watch an episode and, yeah I get into those Danish noir, you know, where I just like it's one, <laughs> one, de- <laughs> one de- depressing thing after another that happens, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, what bad could happen next? You know? I, it's like weird. It's like so weird that those are yeah. my favorite. <laughs> I get it though. I yeah. get it. Like, but I also loved watching French because I love, um, I speak French, but I always need to learn more. And I, I love hearing the slang that happens uh, in some of the, there's a couple of great French ones, the Bureau, which you can watch. I got definitely a whole bunch of people in the cast into that. It's excellent. The Bureau, it's like Bureau. CIA kind of stuff. I've really heard good. Of that. Yeah. yeah. Highly recommend it. And also Spirals is really good. The characters, the way they write, I love it. Brett and I really love that. And so did, well, no, Brett and I were the ones who really loved that one. Hmm. Nice. I'm going to watch it so I can say that all three of us watch it together. There you go. <laughs> see? Uh, did you guys have anything to add? No. no. Um, Man, what is this? These two guys don't have, didn't you? I mean, where's your pieces of paper with well, the questions? Huh? I am not, I'm not a, I'm not a regular member of this podcast. Oh, I see. I, uh, I'm, I'm just a friend and okay. hey, Gates McFadden's coming on and I'm like, Oh wow, he's so, he's a fan. He's I'm a, a fan. fan. He, yeah. Yeah. I'm here as a oh, okay. fan. Okay, okay, friend. Yeah. <laughs> I throw in my two cents to keep it rolling. I see. Yeah. Okay. Gates, I don't know if you remember the last time you were on. Um, I had another one of my friends on to speak with you, and I had told you that we knew each other from kindergarten. 
this gentleman I have also known since kindergarten. We've known each other yeah. what That's thirty so eight awesome. years now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yes, That's, been a long time. Um, that's fabulous yeah yeah and we we've talked about that not a lot of people have the same no. friends no. for that long but you know it just really stuck either that or nobody else got us <laughs> we were just getting, taking what we could get yeah right <laughs> that is so remarkable was there ever a period where you kind of were like eh. i mean yeah yeah maybe like right after high school you know people start going separate ways for a while but it always comes back. Well, we found our way back. Yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. Do, but do you live in the same area, or did like what is the area? Um, exactly? We we live about an hour apart. Yeah, we grew oh. up together though. Yeah, but yeah, we, we where, grew up where? Town. Uh, where West Liberty. Okay, I don't know that. We're about an hour west of Columbus is where we grew up. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. So like, uh, I don't know if you know where Springfield or Urbana would be, but uh, West Liberty is just right above that. It's a it's a blip. Three traffic lights. I promise All right. you. You'll miss okay. It. Yeah. So when so, you grew up, did, was it still like unbelievably cool and awesome at sixteen to get your license? Yes. yes. It was everything. It was everything. It was for me, and I'm much older than you guys. It was like everything, right? You could oh, yeah. blast the radio. Where else could you blast the radio? Yep, right? Nowhere. And just the windows down in Ohio, driving those back roads to your yep. best friend's house. Yep. Nothing like it. Then you could just right. talk mm. talk about boys all night. I mean, it was just like uh, the best, right? Yep. I mean, that was our child. We didn't talk about boys, but, <laughs> but that's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> well, what did you, but you talked about girls sometimes. We did talk about, we did talk about right. girls. Well, there you are. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Yeah. Right. What the hell is that noise? Somebody's got a lawnmower outside, it sounds oh, like. Oh, yeah. And of Long course they do. How perfect. Well, Can we you hear had it? It, no, it's not, it's fine. I mean, we were doing the cell and it was so loud. And it was at the really not a good moment when I was talking to Will. There was like the loudest garbage truck we have ever heard. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> it was just like crazy. Yeah. It was well, they had just put this little studio together. It was a very um it was not like big soundproof, fabulous studio. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it was a work in progress at that point because of the pandemic. Right, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Boy, am I frustrated with that right now. It's, I mean, can <laughs> you hear like that? I can't hear it. Okay, she can't hear it. I think we'll be, I'm, I'm thinking about the recording. I just hope yes. that these mics don't pick it up. I think we'll be okay, though. I'm sorry. Um, just a few more quick questions here for you before we let you go. Another thing that I just feel so stupid that I didn't touch on mm -hmm. the last time we had you because you had I didn't mentioned. Wanna, I didn't want to say anything. I was like, boy, is he stupid that he didn't <laughs> You didn't have to. I was doing it to myself because uh, after we recorded and I was listening to the show, you know, sometimes you just get so caught up in the schedule and the, everything you have written down that you had mentioned. Oh, believe me, I know. Yeah, you had mentioned teaching uh, David Bowie his dance steps on Labyrinth, and I was bowled over by it. But at the same time, like, so cool, let's move on. You know, and I just yeah. kicked myself in the ass for that. So would you mind elaborating on that experience a little bit for us? Well, I I took his hand and I put it on my shoulder. <laughs> and then I reached for the other hand. And no, anyway. Um, <laughs> well, he is... He was an extraordinary uh, artist, and I think I was so caught up in my job. I mean, I was so much to do, and it was all new to me in many ways about all of the big production part. But he was so down to earth and present that it was just like he was anybody else. I mean, really, he was that way. He was open. 
He was not somebody who was like, excuse me, don't talk to me. You know, I'm doing this. He was nice to everybody. He That's so was, refreshing to hear that. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, he he really was. And I'm sure I was much stranger than uh, he was just really there and wanted to make it great. And there's nobody in the world I know who could have worn the Goblin King outfit like he did and act, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> act like it was perfectly normal. Yeah. Like just, I mean, <laughs> on these big high boots and they've got platforms and I'm like, no, he's pulling it off. I can't believe it, you yeah. know? But see, I didn't understand all about the the camera and stuff. So he was very patient and I loved working on the, the ballroom scene. It really was one where I just was very clear of my vision and we had made it so that he was down. You could have been on the set and he would literally disappear. And I got disappointed because they actually did some of the disappearing through edits. And I had actually made it so that he had snuck around. He would do it and you'd go, how could he get over there? So that, but again, I think had I been more used to film, I wouldn't have even thought that way. You know, I would have thought, well, of course they'll edit here and then we'll do that. But it was so magical just doing it when you were in the room because he literally was agile and moving all around. You were thinking Um, from like a stage choreography perspective. Right. Exactly. And, um, but, you know, again, it was fascinating. And there was one time where he came in, and he was super tired the next day. And I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm exhausted because we filmed all night. I said, what did you do? He said, well, Mick and I did uh, Dancing in the Streets video last night. Oh, really? Oh. At the same time. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's how extraordinary he was, yeah. you know, and, and he didn't, you know, ask for special treatment like I would be going, get me my aspirin. Can I have a couple of people? Can you, <laughs> you tell them? Who the min- I am? Yes, tell the minions <laughs> to bring me a, you know, get me a masseuse. But he's he wasn't like that at all. And I, I must say, his last album was so brilliant. He he, he really oh, uh, Lazarus or yeah, Lazarus, just yeah. so incredible. He was always curious. I wish I had actually made more of an effort to spend you know, more time. I, I was just in my own world. Yeah, of, you had a job to do and that was, whew, yeah, and yeah. I, you know, and you, it's stuff I hadn't really worked with all the puppets and stuff like that much. And so mm-hmm. the whole thing was, was, uh, new to me and, uh, I oh, didn't cool. have as much downtime. Yeah. What an experience. Yes. Yeah. What an experience. To have met David Bowie was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Bucket list moment right there. Here's here's an odd one for you. I found this on IMDb and I wasn't able to find reference to it anywhere else. There's a credit on IMDb from 1981, an episode of Saturday Night Live where you are credited as the woman in the audience kissed by Bill Murray. Yeah. Is that funny? I don't know who put that on there, but that is very funny. I didn't believe it was me. I said, oh, come on. And then a fan showed me the video and at first i really didn't and i went oh wait a minute i knit that sweater the sweater i had on that night i knit it so i recognized the sweater but i hardly recognized me but it was me because no one else wore that sweater and and i went yeah and then it started to come back i mean that's how old i am folks right that i forgot something like that because yes i now then then i started to remember it and so over the last couple of years I've been going, yeah, I remember who was the friend who brought me and it has to be the woman who's sitting next to me, but I can't really remember. There was someone I knew who was on the show. Mm-hmm. Now at that time, I think I was teaching, but it wasn't Rain Wilson. I mean, I was teaching at NYU. I don't know who 
got me on that show, but they, I wanted to sit in the back and they said, no, 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 we want you to sit here. So I was told by my, whoever brought me to sit there. And I had gone and, and met some people backstage and stuff, but then that's when it happened. And I had totally blanked on that whole thing. Isn't that a riot? <laughs> Traumatic getting killed, kissed by Bill. Well, now, of course, no one, no one would probably feel it's PC to do that, you know, to run right. out. Right. Yeah, really. kiss. But it's just a testament to how extraordinary your life has been when you can <laughs> have been kissed by Bill Murray and be like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, literally, well, it was a little scary to me. I'm like, wait a minute, Gaze. Now, remember the, who your parents are? Remember? Who? Because I thought, how could I not remember that? But, right. you know. Anyway, it's the truth. And if they hadn't, if I had not seen the sweater, I would have still said, no, it's someone who looks like me. Because honestly, they were going, no, that's you. And they were making it look big. And I'm like, no, oh my God, there's that sweater. Oh my God, I do remember that. It was sort of like Twilight Zone. Yeah. 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 What's the movie where they would take a part of a, like a bad memory away if you didn't want it there? Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. Right, right. That was such a good movie. That was a good movie. Yes. Fantastic film. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to throw in? Um, no, no. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I I could go on you guys all day about Star Trek things, but I, <laughs> sure I yeah, no, no. I, I'm just I'm just a big fan of the show, and <laughs> oh, that's great. That's yeah. nice to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it. My dad was always watching it when we were kids, and it was always on in the background at my house. And then eventually, as I got older, I started getting more interested. And uh, I remember the night of the series finale, my dad actually let me stay up late on a school night just oh, to wow. watch it. With him. Oh, no. so that's a good memory. That's and, nice. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So what do, what do you guys do uh, besides the podcast in life? What are you, what are you up to? Well, <laughs> I'm a farmer of corn oh, cool. and soybeans. All right. Yeah. All right. I like yeah. that. What kind, is it? Um, sweet corn, white corn? Mixed um, corn? It's just called corn. uh yeah just yellow corn um it's uh -huh. not the corn you eat it's the corn for animals it's a, yeah. yeah livestock yeah. feed yeah yeah yes mostly okay. livestock feed is great yes. all right yeah. how about you i work at a mom pa print shop and i have my own 3d printing company Ooh, that would be cool to explore 3d <laughs> it's fun and it's <laughs> yeah i'm working just, constantly pretty much you know i i really don't believe that it's gender i believe it's like in your chromosomes but i was born missing the chromosome that helps you read directions like mm -hmm. you know this is how you do work the app and this is how you plug in your <laughs> your yes, tv right. and this is you know i just i I'm so awful. I want to, I either look at the directions backwards or I make the mistake. And then I look at the directions Yeah. and, yep. and everybody, my son is like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know? Like most people lay all the pieces out. So I have something that's missing in my DNA. <laughs> yeah. but I, I, I'm I, that way too. And, I uh, love, love people and admire people who actually can do mm -hmm. that. And, you know, sure. uh, I, I would not be, you know, the Mark Twain, Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's court. I would be able to show them very little. I could do some good movement things for them. You know, <laughs> I would not be showing them electricity. I don't think, right. sadly. Instructions are reference material. That's all it is. It's not, <laughs> it's not how to's. It's if you can't figure it out yourself. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't yeah, but start I mean, with the instructions. Yeah, no. but my son's my son's dad always was he always liked to take things apart to see how they work, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. And 
if I did that, it would just stay on the table for like months. You know, I wouldn't like, well, how do you put that back together? You know? Yeah. That's a, yeah. I've always been that way too. Yeah. I got very adventurous about five years ago. I had an old Nintendo entertainment system. I thought, I think I can pull this apart and maybe get it working. And it ended up just a bucket of screws, boards, and plastic. And I ended up just throwing it away because there was no way it was going back together. Yeah. You're my kind of guy. There you are right there. <laughs> Well, Gates, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for You're taking so time welcome. to talk with us. And I want to remind all of our listeners to check out Gates McFadden Investigates. Who do you think you are? I cannot wait to listen. Oh, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. much. You're absolutely you. gorgeous. Look at you. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all so right, much, Gates. you guys. We'll, what's that? We'll talk later. I hope okay. uh, that sometime, I hope you enjoy it. And uh, thanks for yeah, having me. Really looking forward to it. Yes, absolutely. Right. Thanks. All right. Don't thanks, be too Gates. shocked. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And there was our interview with Gates McFadden. I, I don't know why I even call it an interview. Why I ever call them interviews are conversation yeah. because that was just so laid back and fun. She is an amazing person to talk to, right? Yes, absolutely. So absolutely charming. I, you know, anyone of this caliber willing to give you some of their time. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. always amazing. So generous. So thank you to her. And again, everyone check out Gates McFadden investigates. Who do you think you are? If you're hearing this episode, it's available for download. So check it out wherever you get your podcasts. And I think that's going to do it then. You know, I think she kind of gotten into the, who do you think, who do we think we are a little bit at the end asking what we She did have some about. questions for she us. She yeah. turned it around on us, yep. which I thought was really cool. <laughs> she did that last time too. Uh, yeah, she did. She did. Yeah. And said she was going to come to us for questions about podcasting, but I don't yeah. think that happened. So charming. No. So charming. It's all right. Charming to the last. Yeah. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to have her on, and we really hope to get her back in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, so here's hoping. But until then, Jack, what have we got on the website? Go to candairpodcast.com. What will you find? Links to the show, to the episodes, to our merch, to our patron page, to evergreenpodcast.com. Yes. Yes. Preach it, son. Oh, was that it? That's all we got. That was all right. All right. <laughs> I still like the role. I yeah. like the role, though. It's cool. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And again, that website Jack just mentioned, there's a Patreon button on there. $5 a month access to the Canned Air Patreon pod. $10 a month gets you access to not only that show, but other shows. And every three months, you'll get a piece of merch from us. So it seems kind of worth the $10 a month, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you hate us, then it wouldn't be. So. <laughs> but if you're, we're at the end of the episode. So if you're hearing this, I can't imagine you hate us at this point. Mm -hmm. You'd have to stick no. around for some reason. I mean, right? the interview is over and you're still here. So please. right, right. Thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> it's like All listening right. to the credits. <laughs> All right, enough bullshit. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I am David Phelps. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other. are mean, so I'm running away from home. Where are you gonna go? 
I don't know yet, but that'll show them. <laughs> it sure will. Shipwreck! Parents just don't understand, and it gets lonely on the road, so be sure to listen to the Candare podcast. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! This has been a Canned Air production. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.